Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Jimmy Scott Fitness Podcast, a radio show coming to you on this Thursday, November the 11th, 2021. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we have Dr. Stacy Barber and Chloe Martin in the house. But before we jump in and ask them everything under the sun, this podcast is brought to you by my homies at Cured nutrition. Uh, You guys know I've been taking the Rise product recently, uh, just as kind of like a wake up kick in the face, so I don't have to drink as much coffee, even though coffee will probably never go away in my personal life. Right now on the site, they're having a sale on everything from Aurora to Zen, even the, uh, the Euphoria drinks that we've been throwing out there that my wife tends to love a little bit more than me. They're giving you guys 25% off everything on the site right now. Again, if you guys remember going through it, the functional mushrooms, CBD, the adaptogens, the nootropics, all the awesome stuff you can throw into your life. If you want to check it out, I'm going to link everything in the show notes. You guys can pick it up. I think they have the sale going until the 14th. So if you want to pick it up, now would be the time. If you guys have any questions, obviously shoot us a message and we'll be happy to get back to you. Also, the podcast is brought to you by my homies at, you already know, Athletic Greens, the one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you guys struggle with eating enough vegetables, which let's be real, all of you guys do, this would be the thing I would take and throw into your life. If you're tired of taking 14 different pills, just grab a pack, rip it, throw in some water, and you're good to go. We have all drinking much worse shit in our lives. I remember being in college, doing a mystery pull and grabbing a red dog and being piss warm and drinking it. That is not good for you, but Athletic Greens is. So if you guys want to check it out, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott, will give you guys a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Or if you're on the fence and you want to try it, shoot us a DM, message us, fill out the contact page on the site. Monica will send you a pack right to your front door. I don't care where the hell you live. We'll give it to you for free. You can try it and then get hooked up with all the free stuff. That's how much I believe in it. So again, the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. And you guys can check it out today. And then a last plug here, reminder you guys, we have our five-week face melter challenge kicking off here in two days and about seven hours. So you have until Saturday evening to register. We'll kick off Monday. It's the last online coaching program we are running for the year. You guys will work out basically every single day. The weekend is built in, mobility and tissue flows, and it'll be fun. Um, it'll melt your face off in like the healthiest, uh, safest way possible. So again, the site, jeremyscottfitness.com slash face dash melter dash challenge. The link's in my Instagram bio and you guys can get down with us. So here we have Dr. Stacy Barber and Chloe Martin here. Now, Dr. Stacy is a, can I say physical therapist? Yeah. Yeah. That's the technical term, right? Yeah. Um, she is the founder and the owner of PhysioFix, which is a unique physical therapy and sports performance facility here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I could read a lot more stuff. You have a bunch of fancy acronyms and things behind your name, but nobody knows what the hell that is. And Chloe is her student. So yes. welcome, everybody. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah. So let's give these guys the origin story. You are very popular on Instagram, which I didn't know that. You know how I found out about you? How? Uh, do you know Ben Novak? I do. Benjamin um, sent me your stuff. He was here. I've known Ben for, he's in my wedding. I know him for 10 years, maybe longer. Uh, he's like, you should get her on the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, send me all the info. And I looked at it. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Yeah. And that's how we ended up here. Uh, so I looked at your stuff. I'll, you know, scroll it once in a while. I'm terrible on social media. I don't 
look at it like a normal person, but you do share actually valuable things, like things I would see like, oh, here's plantar fasciitis, here's XYZ, here's the fixes for it, simple stuff. Mm -hmm. So for these guys who don't know anything about you, how did we get to be a physical therapist, owning your own business, kind of the origin story, you can go back as far as you want. Man, how much time do you have? I mean, I'm on your guys' clock today. <laughs> well, I guess the origin story was that I was a gymnast for 18 years, and throughout that that career of mine, I, I did college gymnastics, full ride, college scholarship. Where'd you go to school? Illinois State University. Nice. Yep, go Redbirds. Um, I had a lot of injuries, so I ended up having 10 orthopedic surgeries throughout the course of my career, which is a ton of surgeries. By what age? By the time I was 22. You had 10 surgeries. 10 surgeries. What was like the worst ones? Um, I had three on my shoulders, so I tore my rotator cuff, tore my labrum, and tore my bicep. That one's a brutal one. I've seen it happen in person. Yeah, it's brutal. It's disgusting. Yeah. I dislocated my shoulder on a Tkachev, which is a very fancy gymnastics skill that my body was not designed to do. But anyways, that's getting away from the point. Um, I had a lot of run-in with physical therapy. And even when I was a, like a young child, I would go to physical therapy and they would just give me like the most basic exercises. And I was very frustrated because I was like, I couldn't figure out how the things that they were giving me were going to help me get back to my sport. And I decided that like right then and there, when I was like 12 years old, that I was going to be a physical therapist. So I went to school, went to undergrad. I studied kinesiology, did my pre-med, rec- you know, prerequisites. And then I took like a interim year. So I took a gap year and I did personal training. So I got my strength conditioning specialist, my CSCS. And I worked with a lot of people, and then I applied to Duke University, got in, and that's kind of what happened there. So I graduated school, and I started working here in Phoenix, Arizona. So I had had a clinical rotation out here in the Tempe area, and I love this area. So I wanted to apply for jobs, got a job, moved here. Um, The job that I was promised was like a sports physical therapy job, which it was, um, but I did not kind of understand what I was getting myself into in terms of like the PT mill situation. So, so for these guys, I know what you mean, Mm -hmm. but then a normal person who's listening, like when you say PT mill, describe Mm -hmm. it for the listener at home. (laughs) Well, it's going to be very frustrating to hear, but in a 12 hour workday, I pretty much would see 38 patients a day. That means my schedule was booked double or triple or even quadruple appointments every single hour. So I would only get like five to 10 minutes with each patient. I would have to pass them off to a tech or a another PTA or even a student that could help them get the, like through their exercises. Um, it was frustrating for me because I knew that if they could get the hands-on care from me the entire time, they could get better faster. So that's kind of a PT mill. It's like, it's kind of a, a churn and burn situation. Like you get patients in, you get patients out. Um, it's really just a business. So they're trying to like get a ton of people through the door and it's not about the patients at the end of the day. It's really about making money. And this is like, these are insurance models and cash models to take? Yeah, mostly insurance models. And so you get, I'm assuming there's more than one PT like in those places at a time or no? Yeah, so I was working with, I think, four or five other clinicians. So we all had that same schedule. It was insane how many patients were coming in and out every single day. And these guys just refer from like, I guess, hospitals. Typically, that's where they're coming from. Yeah, my boss had like a his like boys club sort of thing and he had you know his bros that he would like take out to lunch and like do special things for go to golfing with and those were the doctors that would refer all the patients to us that's gnarly and it's hard for somebody to get better when you're only seeing them for five minutes or like for you guys even as smart as you can be the capacity to even have four individual people in an hour to understand each one's prescription what's wrong with them is Mm -hmm. basically fucking impossible 
It is impossible. That's so, why I needed to change it. So how long did you work there? Two years. Okay. Two years too long. So it was just, I was so fed up. You know, I was really, really sad every day because I knew that like I was not able to get my patients better faster and they deserved better. And I was like, I just want, I wish I worked in a model that was more like when I was a personal trainer. So I could work one-on-one -on -one with people. I could really give that them, them that individualized care and you know, I was like, so what's holding me back? I was like, you know what? I'm just going to quit my job. I hate it so much. I cry every single day and I quit my job. I did not have a backup plan. I did not have a side hustle created at this point. I just decided I was going to quit and figure it out. And what, what year is this? 2017. And so you quit working and you have maybe like four bucks. You got, yeah. You got some money. I think I have like negative money at this point. <laughs> um, it's very similar to how this great place started. Um, I'll share this really fast. Uh, I work, I've had one like real job, I guess in my life. I was an academic advisor uh, and I fucking hated it. And I spent basically the last six months just like building the website and doing stuff. I didn't have money to pay for all the fancy stuff we have now. And I remember I quit in 2009. So the world had just melted down financially. I'm old. So I lived through all that a couple of times, which in real estate, I'd be able to crush it because my life cycle just worked out perfect. Uh, but in terms of like trying to get a job and shit, like it was just was a, a train wreck. Anyways, I ended up quitting like around Thanksgiving time of that year. And I have no clients. Mm -hmm. I have no money and I have no resources. And that's mm -hmm. how this all started. So yeah, similar, very similar. So I literally had nothing created. I was like, you know, when I, I just want to try to do my style of what I think physical therapy should look like. And that was that one-on-one -on -one treatment model. So I decided I wanted to create that. So I started creating it and I wanted to create this hybrid model, part cash-based, part insurance-based, because I didn't want to exclude people. I work with a lot of kids, a lot of athletes and a lot of families. And I knew that they probably couldn't afford physical therapy just out of pocket anyways. So I wanted to try to get in with as many insurances as I, as I could and then just be able to help out more people that way. So you leave the PT mill, if mm -hmm. you will. And then what is the next step? Like you go from there to you rent a space somewhere? Yeah. So I took like two months to kind of get the website. I did the whole thing myself too. Um, I literally did every single thing. Like Do you still have the same website now? It is literally being converted as we speak to the first like one that I did not create so the, it's getting fancy, updated yeah, it's okay. getting updated the rebranding and all that stuff is doing um gonna be done next month so yeah so the website if you go on it right now it's still trash it's Stacy 1.0 instead of Stacy 2.0 it works um, but it still works yeah and it, it dro drove a lot of traffic so um anyways so I took two months off and I get myself up and running and I started to like spread the word that I had started my own practice to you know my friends and family and it was, it didn't take long before all my old patients heard like where I was going and what I was doing. And they kind of just found me. So I started renting space in a CrossFit gym. That's where I was initially. It was called El Jefe CrossFit. It does not exist anymore. Um, it's in Glendale, Arizona. Uh -huh. And so I, it was just like a space, like there was just one little room and it was probably like the smallest room. Like I would say all you could fit in there was a treatment table. That was it. Like the door couldn't even close. It had to be the door on the outside because it would run into the table on the inside. So that's how small the room was. What does that, uh, what that cost you a month? It was, it was 25% of my earnings. So the ceiling was very like, it was at, I would kind of like spend money as I grew yeah. as opposed to having a set payment every month. Um, but there was a ceiling. So $750 was the ceiling on that every month. 
It's not a bad deal. No, it wasn't a but, bad deal as I got up and running. For anybody listening, you're also renting a room on the west side. So there's that. <laughs> take it for take it for what it is. Yeah. It's just not it's not Scottsdale. This is a different place. I'm not saying better or worse. It's just different. <laughs> okay, so you start in a CrossFit box. Yep. And then eventually you outgrow that, obviously. Well, yeah, it was about six months in that I found a spot in Scottsdale. And since my previous employer worked in Scottsdale, I already had a lot of my clientele that lived in Scottsdale. So I wanted to kind of have this location and that location. So I ran two locations for a good 16 months, 18 months. By yourself? Um, by myself. Yeah, so I had I worked three days a week in one, three days a week in the other. I was working seven days a week, so I'm sure I would just fluctuate on that, that other day. Um, so I did that until 2020 and COVID hit lovely COVID. Yeah. So let's talk, you can break that down for me too. Yeah. So you're, you, when in 2020 did you decide I'm going to do my own show? Was it before all the COVID shit? I had already started thinking about it and already started looking at spaces. And I kind of thought originally that I couldn't do it by myself. I needed a partner. So I, you know, had some friends that we were going to go into partnership and do this together. Um, that kind of fizzled out. And I'm cl so glad it did because I just feel like it's, I mean, it's hard to work with a good partner too. And I don't know if you ever had any interest in doing that, but um, we were just on different pages and we had different ideas and stuff like it never, that. It never works. Yeah, it never works. Ever. So that's why I was like, you know what? I don't think this is a good time. That was in 2019. Okay. And so then COVID hit and the gym started to shut down. By this time, I was just in Scottsdale. So I no longer had two locations. I had migrated to just one. And I was in Scottsdale, Arizona and COVID hit. And that means gyms had to shut down. Now, being an essential worker within a gym, that means that the gym was closed, but I could stay open. But we had to give the appearance that the gym was closed. That means that the lights had to stay off. So the lights were off in the gym I was working out of. I could use my office and I could use the hallways, which were lit up. But that was pretty much it for like a good four months. Yeah, that's horseshit. Yeah, it's, it was terrible. And I was like, this is not a way to run a business. I can't do this to my patients. They deserve better once again. I need to do something. Well, the whole, I don't want to get off topic, but this whole essential, non essential, uh, fucking nonsense. Yeah. That, we will never do that again. Like, I, and I don't mean this negatively, anybody. I will never, ever do that again the rest of my life. I'll be an 80 year old fucking dude and you'll tell me to stay home and I will never do it. Like, ever. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Okay. So, you're in the place. They sh it just pissed me off. It's just like you could go to the casino and smoke a cigarette, but you couldn't come to the gym yeah, yeah, and yeah. do kettlebell swings. It was bullshit. So, you're in the place, they're basically closed, but not closed. Yep. You're doing your stuff. And that's when you decide to go on your own. It was one day that I came back from lunch. The doors were locked and the landlord had taken over, seized possession of the property. So my, the guy that I was paying my rent to was wow. no longer paying his rent because it was COVID and I was locked out of my office. And this I had, this is the place. Yep. No shit. Yep. No shit. Is it open now? Yeah. Yeah, it's open now. It's back up and running. But at that point, it was like, this can never happen again. I had patients in the afternoon, new patients that were coming in. And I just, there was no consistency and I needed that. So it was literally that day that I went to like start looking at property. And within a month and a half, my gym was up and running. That's fast, dude. It was so fast. I was literally working 24 hours around the clock. That's gnarly. So you found a space and now it's, it's close-ish to here? Yeah, it's like 20 minutes. It's not bad. No. 
And so then you just started on, and then now you have a team or did you have a team then? Or no, I did not have a team then. So I had just gotten um, a student that was shadowing me and she was, she had just graduated in May of 2020, which was a tough time to, you know, try to find a job. The worst, dude. Yeah. And so my business, I was so busy. I was so packed with patients all the time. I was like, Hey, are, do you want a job? And she was like, yeah, sure. And so I brought her onto the team. She started treating the patients that I just couldn't get to because there's only so many hours in the day. And then, so when we moved over, it was me, her, plus my, um, front desk girl. And so there was three of us and there was three of us for about six months. And then it turned into four. And then between January and now there's 13 on the team. No shit. No shit. And what are these guys? Well, they're like techs, they're PTs. What is the breakdown? So there's four physical therapists. That's including myself. Um, there's one personal trainer. There is a biller that does like the background, you know, billing to the insurances. Yep. And then there's an office manager. I have a brand manager. I have a video editing specialist. And then I have people that cover the front desk. It's a lot of people. A lot of people. You got to pay a lot of people, dude. I do. Yeah. It's a real business now. It is. I'm a legit entrepreneur instead of a solopreneur. Yeah. How did, um, how did the business, how did you learn all the business stuff along the way? I think trial and error mostly. Yeah. Um, my mom was a business owner. She is a business owner. So is my dad, my sister, my grandma, literally every person in my family owns a business. So they knew that it, like it was only a matter of time until I owned my own business. Yeah. Um, so I've asked them questions, but they're not in healthcare either. And they don't understand the social media side of things. So they didn't really know how to navigate this space. Um, so I did a lot of it through trial and error. And I guess I'll bring the kind of circle back around to this. How do you balance like the being the, the practitioner and also like the business owner? Like, cause in some instances, like you have an office manager, but in what you guys do, they don't manage your people. Like True. you basically yeah. are, and no matter what, at the end of the day, like if the place sucks, it's cause you suck. True. Like, and if it's great, it's really because you're going to get, if your name's on the building and yeah. you're an asshole like me. It's on there. And so you get all the praise no matter what, a disproportionate amount of it. Also, Great. though, when things suck and are bad, mm -hmm. you eat it all. Yep. So how do you balance like, okay, I still have to run a business and be successful, pay all these people, make money, but I also have to be good at my craft. Like how is the balance there like day to day? So I've really kind of cut back on hours that I treat patients and I've moved a lot of stuff to online to be able to balance that. So nowadays I only treat in patient in person, um, on Tuesday, all day, Friday, all day, and then Wednesday, just in the afternoon. So I'm down to 20 hours in person, and then I'm I'm 10 hours online. So that's 30 hours, and then the rest of the time, the rest of, you know, the seven days a week, you know, every day of the year yeah. um, is just running the business. But really, I do my admin stuff on Monday, and then Thursday afternoons. And what do you like better? Like, Being a clinician. Yeah, I figured as much. <laughs> That's my passion. Like, that's why, you know, I got into this business. It was to help people. And obviously, like, running a business, you help people. But it, they're the day-to-day -day frustrations and things that happen. And when, you know, the internet's down, like, and when the, the AC goes out, like, I'm the person that has to make the calls and get things moving in the right direction. Yeah, that part sucks. Yeah, it does. If I could just do, I always say, like, when I was dead broke, um, it was way, I don't want to say f more fun because it's not fun having no money, but it was fun what I would do every day. Yeah. Like just do fitness, mm -hmm. like just literally yep. talk about exercise and eating and like looking good, feeling good, moving mm -hmm. good. Like this is easy. Now I'm like dealing with infusion soft and lead pages and bullshit that I really, yep. and we have people who do that, but at the end of the day, like I still have to notice it and know enough to be dangerous and it's not fun. Yeah. 
And I sure as hell don't want to deal with billing either. Yeah. It's not cool. So you mentioned the online component of it. How does that work for the people who come into your space? How do they find you? And then why would they do that versus, I guess, the option of seeing like, you know, a random PT in Indiana or wherever they're at? You're just talking about the telemedicine stuff? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, like, I find, of, like I find you, I'm like, oh, Stacy's awesome. I want her to help me with my shoulder. Yeah, most people find me on Instagram. They like see the content I put out and how much I'm putting out in regards to specific diagnoses. So like, you know, I had a post today that went out on thoracic outlet syndrome. I'm not just throwing like very generalized content out there. I actually throw some very specific content out there to help people if they don't have access to a good therapist. But then if they want more guided one-on-one treatment, then they reach out to me and they're like, hey, how can you help me more? I want to set up an online appointment. I kind of mention it often so they know that I that this is a service that I offer. And then they usually schedule an appointment. We do like a formal assessment via video visit, ask questions, you know, get all the information we need to be able to formulate a good plan. And then we deliver it to them through the app that I have. And is it you that does all the online stuff or does your team do it too? It's me and my student right now, Chloe, and Dr. Nate and Dr. Megan. So we're the, the three providers that do online treatment. And so there's just one provider that doesn't do online stuff right now. And then how do the people in person meet you guys? Is it the same way or is it like through physicians, hospitals, whatever? Mainly it's just word of mouth, honestly. Like that's where my entire business has grown. Um, it's usually just one person that comes in that has a really good experience. And then they tell their friends, their grandmother, their dog walker, you know, literally. That's how everything has grown. I Most of my patients come in, they have no idea they have Instagram. It's crazy you say that because like, well... It works both ways. Uh, we lock the door here when we record these because people just show up yeah. and want to be creepy. Um, so we keep a threat folder here, a digital one and an in-person one in case like I go missing. Um, probably more likely a dude would do that than a female, but that'll happen. However, there's a kid here. He's a young kid. He's in here working out. His mom had brought him. He's been here for like a year. And the other day, Alex talking to him and he's like, oh, did you find Jeremy for, through Instagram? He's like, I didn't even know he had Instagram happens all the time and then we have older people here who clearly like yeah they have no idea no idea no idea and they're like oh you're like a, and they'll be like oh you're like a real person i'm like well yeah i was a real person when you knew <laughs> i go that's fake life by the way this is real life here yeah yeah mm-hmm. but it's kind of cool that they will find you even without that honestly if you look at any business that's amazing word of mouth is probably what's built yeah. all of them to a t for sure so it's up it's running things are moving if we were to ask a question and there's pts who sent these in like the best part about your job like the the best part about physical therapy for you it's always going to be getting back people back to the things that they love whatever that is like i had a patient recently that had a entire pelvic reconstruction and he wanted to get back to cycling so that's like obviously very heavy on what is what does that even what does that even mean pelvic reconstruction yes he was in a car accident oh my god and he got crushed like absolutely crushed his pelvis was in 20 different pieces it sounds like the most painful thing of all time yeah so they literally had to like take pieces of bone and like put it together and then like put pins and plates in so it stays there and then now he comes to me he can't even walk okay he's in a wheelchair and getting him back to being able to walk obviously that's like first functional goal and then back to all those things he wants to do including cycling now he's back to cycling and no pain that's crazy dude i couldn't imagine that just sounds like Anything in your crotch just seems like it would be, yeah. would be like mm-hmm. really bad, right? Oh, yeah. That seems terrible. Uh, Chloe, if I ask you the same question, like your favorite part so far. In the, for the background, Chloe, you are what year of school? 
I'm in my final year of PT school. It's what, three years long. What school do you go to? I go to Duke University. Of course. Blue Devils. Of course you do. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, are you enjoying it so far? I am enjoying it. Yeah, it's a great place to be. North Carolina is beautiful. And so what do you hear for like an internship? What is this like? Yeah, our entire third year clinical experiences. Uh, we spend the first two years in a classroom and then we use all those things we learned and apply it on real people. Nice. So that's what I'm doing. This is my second rotation and I have one more after this and then I'll be just like Stacy, hopefully. <laughs> and your favorite part is probably similar, I'd imagine. I was going to say progress, but I think also the relationships you build. It's mm-hmm. something like really personal because a lot of people feel maybe embarrassed or frustrated or all these kinds of emotions that they can't do these simple things. And then to be able to talk to someone who says that's not normal, but we're going to fix it. And it's fixable because a lot of people come to us and say, well, the doctor said I need surgery. You don't. (laughs) Well, and how long, I mean, everybody's obviously different depending on, you know, the injury, the prescription, the treatment, but you see these people for what, a month, two months? It depends on the person. So my schedule is kind of packed and it's crazy and it's hard to get on um and so in my my model of care you don't need to come see me twice a week for six to eight weeks that's not a standard dosage that i give you for frequency i say you know why don't you come once this week once next week we can reevaluate drop you down to every other week just figure out like what's best for your life and if you're already moving in the right direction you don't need to stay in therapy long term like it's not about making more money for me it's about helping more people and changing more lives so well and i will say this too We've had people here, obviously, we run a gym, and we don't teach, we don't do stupid shit here. Um, That's good. I'll keep it that way. (laughs) I'm not going to say any fitness organizations that do dumb things, but we don't, like, we don't teach box jumps. We don't teach ollie lifts at scale. We don't throw heavy shit over their head because these people don't, most of them don't have the skill set. They don't have the range Mm -hmm. of motion. They're not going to do it. Um, But life happens. They they come to us with non-contact injuries or things happen to them. So we've seen them go places. And what they say to us when they go to PT, you meet them, they're like the most vulnerable probably because like things are going wrong and like you can see them and and basically build them back up, which is pretty cool. Um, And I was going to ask, when you're walking through these guys, obviously the, the, the PT mills, they make money, but you also have to make money too. How is yours like profitable when it's not the same like burn and turn model as these guys have? Is it like their overhead is too much? They have too much space. They have too much whatever, or they're just greedy as fuck. All of the above. Is it really? I mean, I'm, cause like there's a huge difference between, so if you see how many people in a day now, like, like a day you work, like Seven. a busy day. Compared to 38. Yeah. How is that? Because that doesn't equate, right? Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Like how you can make money doing that, but yet we're going to see 38 people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that the CEOs of those those big organizations that are, you know, more insurance-based driven, they take a giant pay cut or paycheck. And that's so, where it goes. I think a lot of it goes there. Yeah. So they, you know, it's probably like the clinicians there, like I was making less working that many hours a week with that many people. Than when even when I first started my business, that's crazy. Yeah, see, people don't realize like it could be profitable, and I do the the online programs to help like offset some of that too. So it's passive income for me. So I, I have like fifteen programs that just sell online right now, and so obviously that's going to help with that overhead too. And we do seminars and we do like weekend classes. So there's things that we do to fill the facility up, so people are kind of using it all the time. Nice. And how do you, where's your stuff at? Is it like on an app, ClickBank, or do you sell it? It's an app. Nice, dude. And then you just, it's just uh, kind of like plug and play, I take it? Yep. And like, what's an example of like one that sells well? Um, 
that, well, I have a strong like Stacy program. So people want to be strong and it's just a combination. It's power building. So it's like a power lifts and a bodybuilding background. And it's kind of like intermerged together with rehab based components built in. So there's like mobility work. There's your main strength of the day, your accessories of the day, unilateral work, and then there's rehab stuff. So that one does really well, as well as like the core program, because everyone wants abs, um, booty program does well. And then the shoulder pain program does really well. Nice. It sounds um, like all the same shit we do, really. <laughs> but there's really there's only thing that works. Yeah, but for my shoulder program and my low back pain program, it, the low back's for radiculopathy, sciatica. So it's like tailored to people that are experiencing nerve pain. Oh no shit. Yeah. So it, it, that's the rehab based component. So I have like ten of the programs are just rehab, physical therapy based, and five of the programs are just general. Do a lot of PTs do this or no? That you're aware of. I, I know of a few, um, none in this state. I know of someone in like Maryland. I know of someone in California. I know of someone in Boston, Florida, but yeah, no one here. I wonder who the one, there's one dude on Instagram. He's super popular. I don't want to say his name if you don't know this dude. Oh, Joe therapy. Yeah. Yeah. He's in Canada. He pushes a lot of shit out. He's Canadian. Yeah. yeah can Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> you're a doctor, so it's cool. Canadian. <laughs> but he, he pushes a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yours is... Like His, he's more of a manual-based clinician and a more like hands-on therapist. I consider myself a movement-based clinician. So I think a lot of our problems come from deficits and dysfunction within our movement patterns. And I just address those with more like, I teach you tools to be able to fix yourself versus... Like for Joe, he does a lot of like, come in and we'll fix you with our hands sort of thing. But that means that you have to rely on him all the time to fix you. Well, it's kind of like how I think of chiropractic stuff. Mm -hmm. No offense. We've had him on the podcast before. Yeah, no. There's a type, and again, like there's things that they do. Like I remember like we go to Brian, like Dr. G, mm -hmm. where he would do, and I'll get into this, like grasping, gua sha, mm -hmm. some of those things where I'm just like fucked and I can't dig deep enough. But yeah. that's a specific thing. Yeah. A lot of times these guys will go in, will crack you. Oh, I feel better and I leave. I go, but if the tissue is still shit around it right. and you're still doing the same repetitive movement, it's only going to go back to there. Exactly. And so what you do is say, hey, we can do whatever we need to do in-house, but... We'll also do these other things mm -hmm. that keep things in the right spot so they don't keep go feeling like they're going in or out, which is, you know, people say that, you know, their back's out of alignment, their hips are out of alignment. They, it's just a perception of things that they feel. It's not necessarily something that's structurally going on, but usually it's a sign that there's something that's weak and something that's tight and that needs to be addressed through exercise. Well, it's crazy because like, well, I'll get to this in a second. What is the worst part about um, PT? Insurance. Billing. How did yeah? How did the insurance? Work? I don't. That's not a world I'm familiar with at all. We don't do that shit here, obviously. <laughs> um, so Rick comes in. Yeah. Rick's insurance is going to pay for it, and you obviously have someone in house who deals with all this madness. Cause I'm sure it would like eat up your whole day. Yeah. So Rick comes in. We figure out. Well, before he even comes in, we get his insurance information, and then we say, okay, you have this insurance. Oh, this one requires a preauthorization. Let's call your insurance and say, like, you need physical therapy. Okay. Now they're going to tell us that you need a prescription for physical therapy. Send your prescription in, and so then they say, like, okay, we'll give Rick eight visits. And you're like, you don't even know what Rick's coming in for. How can you give him eight visits? It's a very like arbitrary number. Where does this number come from? And it's just what they're they're allowed to give. Someone had ACL surgery, eight visits. Okay, well, after eight visits, you apply for more visits. Okay, we'll give you six. They still can't walk. Okay, now we'll give you four. Oh, well, they still don't have full range of motion. Oh, well, they're out of visits. Sorry, tell them he has to pay out of pocket now. And that's how it works. And that's mm -hmm. insurance in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. 
And so, like, what do you do? Like, if that guy's still screwed, he, then he just either has to pay out of pocket or do whatever on his own. So those are those companies that I'm describing right now. That's a traditional insurance-based clinic, uh, clinic. I don't work with those specific insurance companies that limit care like that. If they limit people to 20 visits a year, they're not someone I want to work with. So I'd rather just put people on a self-pay. I'm out of network for United Healthcare, um, Aetna, and Cigna. So those are the ones that have really like hard and strict limits. I'm in network for Blue Cross Blue Shield. Wonder what, what, what insurance do we even have these days? I'm trying to check. <laughs> what is this? Cigna. Cigna. Boom. I'm out, I'm out of network. Is that good or bad? That means that you just pay out of pocket, but we have like self-pay packages, which are extremely reasonable. Well, that whole, I don't want to talk about insurance all day, but that whole model is just fucked. No, it's stupid. That's why I don't, I don't deal with that shit. Because my wife was trying to go to like a normal, just a, like a normal doctor, not mm-hmm. like OBGYN, just mm-hmm. find a normal, unless like, well, I used to go to this place, but now I can't go to this place. Because they don't take my insurance anymore. It's the dumbest thing ever. And yeah. I used to go to a place, it's over here, um, Lifescape, it's called. It's right mm-hmm. by the 101. And now they only do, I don't think any doctors are taking insurance anymore. It's only like concierge medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I'm a healthy dude. I'm not going to pay you 10 grand to do my blood work. But it's weird where it becomes this, it's hard to find mm-hmm. places to go. If it, Even if you like the physician, if it doesn't match up with your stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know, and this is good for listeners, that like people have a deductible that they have to hit before they can e- their insurance even kicks in and starts paying for things usually. Usually. So if your deductible is like $2,000, you're paying that $2,000 out of your own pocket, whether you go to the person that you want to go to or the person that you were told to go to and they suck, mm-hmm. right? So why don't you just go to the person that you want to go to, pay the $2,000, get better faster, and then be done with it? It's just a crazy world. And so when they come in, you basically like submit it to the insurance. The insurance reimburses you or pays you guys. For or... Blue Cross Blue Shield, Blue Shield because that's the only one that I'm in network for. Jesus. Mm-hmm. But, but like the PT mills will do everybody. The PT mills do every single insurance. And I don't even know. Like that seems like a nightmare. They have to like float cash all the time. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a fun. It just take. That's why I ask, like, how much time do you spend on the business stuff versus that? But you don't have to deal with as much shit as. No, we have. We're like 70% self-pay 30 percent insurance and what is it um is it insane is it super expensive i've never knock on wood i've never been hurt like physical therapy never so our physical therapy our initial evaluation out of pocket is 135 each session thereafter is 125 unless you buy a package which makes it cheaper per session the bigger package you get what's it like an hour yep one-on-one for an hour with a doctor of physical therapy that's less than i charge here bro Boom. You guys are, that's more than affordable. We could easily do that. Yeah, we want to help people. We yeah. don't want to like be in this like zone where we can only help like the, the rich and powerful, right? We yeah. want to kind of be able to help more people. And does like the insurance, like most of those places bill the same when they bill insurance or is it more or is it less? We bill out always at a higher rate than we get back because you usually get 40% back of what you bill. So we'll bill out like $300 a session yeah. and we get back like 100 That's Good. crazy. Cool. What a mess that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would make me not want to be in the industry right there alone. Yeah. Even worse with Medicare. Yes. Really? We do not take Medicare and not, we do not take Medicaid either. Mm-hmm. And that's if you're... So if you're older or more if mature, you have... More mature. <laughs> yeah. Like older. I was just at a clinic that was neuro-based. So a lot of people who had strokes or other chronic um, neurological diseases, and most of it was Medicare, we'd spend hours hours on documentation on documentation just convincing the insurance the insurance company that the man in the wheelchair who can't walk needs more therapy because they like what are worried about you guys are ripping them off i guess yeah that's why i wanted to create this whole model that i don't work for the insurance company i work for the patients that's a way better deal yeah Mm -hmm. but it's got to be it's harder i would imagine 
it's harder no. to convince people at first because they like people are like oh well, i have insurance and i'm like well your insurance is going to cover this anyways until you hit this number mm-hmm. people just don't understand insurance like it should be a class they teach in high school or something that teaches everybody just to like know the these basic things mm-hmm. so they can get ready for the real world yeah because I, I mean knock on wood my wife and i are you know relatively healthy and re- relatively young i use young as a relative term <laughs> uh but we you know when i go it's like if i go out of the network it's like 35 bucks yeah but if i go somewhere it's like 15 dollars, cost nothing mm-hmm. my wife works for corporate marriott so we have like the dopest insurance right that's cool however she had to do an MRI like on her neck. And I remember they gave me some number and it was like 1500 bucks or 1800, something mm-hmm. insane. He goes, but if you pay cash, it's $600. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. I go, how does that work? I get it. Like, but I don't really get it. And he was trying to explain it to me. I'm like, so let me get this straight. I pay for insurance every month, but if I use it, I'm going to pay more than if I give you cash money. He goes, yes. Yep. So our, it's the same way with us. It's cheaper if you pay cash versus go through your insurance. Because like the hassle of, and having to do it, I guess too. Yeah. What a mess, dude. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a fun part of the industry. No. And so you have a person who just deals with that. Yeah, but we're going, we're literally not taking any insurance, but Blue Cross starting January 1st. So we are, that's it. And just because they're like the easier. Yeah. They, they like don't give us a hassle. We don't have to like beg for more appointments. Things are pretty simple and they reimburse decently. So I'll ask this in a second. The the, the person you see the most, your average, uh, the, the person you commonly treat and see, the average kind of demographic, what does that person look like? So for me personally, I specialize in gymnasts being, you know, a gymnast um, in my background and I work with strength athletes because I'm an Olympic weightlifter. So those are my primary, like the strength athlete and the gymnast. Um, but I also you get a good mix of like, every single person, a weekend warrior, or just people that like dabble in different sports and activities and general population. So the youngest person in our clinic right now, I would say is probably six years old. And the oldest one is probably like 75. What is a six-year-old? <laughs> what is a six-year-old? Yeah. Like what, what is their deal? <laughs> like yay high. <laughs> yeah. Um, a six-year-old gymnast. Oh yeah. Yeah. She- they go through like growing pains in different parts, you know, of their life and their childhood. So they might have like wrist pain associated with growing pains. No kidding. Yeah. And then they get PT for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or never... they like fall and they break their elbow and then now they can't straighten it all the way. That's gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I've never broken a bone. Knock on wood. Now watch. I leave here today and I fucking yeah, snap my leg that. or something. No. Well, you know, you're a good physical therapist. <sighs> Let's I like. Um, so like, is there any misconceptions like the, the public might have about physical therapy and you guys and maybe how it works or anything in that arena? Yeah, I'll go first and then Chloe can speak to this too. I feel like most people, and it's funny, it's not in my clinic, but traditional clinics, you think of physical therapy as, I guess, massage therapy. People come in and they're like, oh, I didn't realize we're going to do exercise. I thought we were just going to like massage me for a little bit and then that that's it. I'm just on my way. And I'm like, that's massage therapy. That's its own entire field. And then they're like, oh, oh, okay. This is weird, you know? So I feel like that's a common misconception that it's more of that hands-on component versus like exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And I would also say that I don't think people realize how much schooling we go through, mm-hmm. that we do get a doctorate and we actually do know what we're doing. So a lot of people think it's just exercise rather than you could go in and not know what's wrong and we'll help you figure that out mm-hmm. versus just coming in with a diagnosis and wanting to do exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And break down the, the school for the average person listening. Like, so you go, <laughs> like for you right now, since oh, you're in it, you yeah. go through undergrad and then what's the show? Mm-hmm. So four years of undergrad. And what and is then, it, does it matter what it is in? 
Um, I got mine in exercise science, and I'd say like 50% of the students are in that, oh, sorry, I hit that, in the general area of exercise science, if not athletic training. There are a lot of people who go that route and then decide they want to get more into the healthcare part. Yeah. Um, and then there are a lot of people, I know some students who were business majors and then just took the prerequisites to get into school. Um, and you do an interview, you get in, it's three years long at Duke. The first two years are pretty brutal. Um, I was doing anatomy every day, origin insertions all day, every day. That shit is so boring. So and boring. Nerves and arteries and all that stuff. Too. So boring. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. And that's the first, it's just book work. Yeah. And each school is different. Some schools like for physical therapy school, you have to have a certain amount of hours in the classroom and then in the clinic. So at Duke, we do almost all of our clinical hours that third year. But some schools, they kind of sprinkle it throughout. So they'll do like a two-week one here, four weeks in the clinic here. We do three 12-week long ones, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. And so it's seven years total? Seven years total. It's a long time. It's, it's a really same long as, time. Same as other doctors besides one year. Mm -hmm. You uh, Have you ever seen the Dr. Death show on, mm -hmm. on Peacock? Yeah. I just thought of that because you're like, my clinical hours, I'm like, well, if you really faked it, you could be like this guy and like be a complete, <laughs> he's fucking killing people and shit, like cutting their necks open. I'm like, what the hell, dude? I listened to that. I think it was on a podcast. Yeah. Then so crazy. The show, if you ever watch it, it's um, uh, Pacey from Dawson's Creek. Okay. He plays the doctor. Mm. And then like Alec Baldwin's in it, whatever else. But like, I never watch TV. But someone here's like, you have to watch it. And I'm watching it. And, I'm, and I'll go through a whole episode. I'm like, this can't be real. Like, it's just so awful. And I get on Google. And I'm like, it's true. Yep. This is real, which yeah. is crazy to me. But mm -hmm. not to get off topic. But. <laughs> So it's seven years of school. So you guys seven do know years. what you're doing. How yeah. much of that, of the coursework, do you, and this is just my curiosity, like even retain? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not like, during, but after. Yeah. I could, I literally know everything that we learn now, but it's just because I've applied it so much after. Mm -hmm. yeah. But so when you're doing it, you're just like in the, the deep, you know, part of it. So it's like you, you can't see the forest for the trees sort of thing. It's just, you can't remember anything. So there's no application to it. No. Mm -hmm. And then like, once you start applying more, you'll just random things will pop in your head. You'd be like, oh yeah, I remember this test. And I'm like, I don't even remember where I learned that. And you're like, oh, school probably. <laughs> that <laughs> place that I years. went to for seven years. Because so much of it, you have to continue to just keep learning mm -hmm. like over time. Yep. I'd say that's a big part of the job. It's just a lot of people who love learning yeah. and growing yeah we have to do a lot of continuing education every two years to like meet mm -hmm. certain requirements depending on where you live and where you practice um mm -hmm. so we're always learning new things because each state is obviously probably different yeah. just mm -hmm. like ceus yep. for cscs mm -hmm. all the same stuff for people listening how important is like a mobility routine for them extremely important for mm -hmm. i would say the general population most people struggle with like thoracic extension mobility issues hip internal rotation mobility issues ankle dorsiflexion mobility issues shoulder external rotation so those are like the main things that we see um, and those can lead to chronic problems degeneration and other you know injuries along the way and you would say the average person does zero yep absolutely yeah. do mm -hmm. you do any oh me yeah well i do <laughs> good yeah no, we sell a program here. It's called Mandatory Mobility. Mm -hmm. um, and every day on my Instagram story, I'll post, like, at least the start of it. I can almost do the splits. But every time I deadlift, I take about 10 steps back because my hamstrings are so fucking tight. Um, but they're getting pretty good. Good. <laughs> but I'm a bigger dude. so But I still work on it every day. I have to. Otherwise, I won't be able to do the stuff I do. That's, but yeah, I don't, that's true. But most of these people here do nothing. Mm -hmm. Like, we build it into all the workouts. So... They wouldn't even know what it is unless we told them. Mm -hmm. 
but it's important. That's why I asked, like, do you guys, do you have a daily practice like that you do before your workouts, like a movement prep? How long is it? What does it look like? Yeah, there's mobility built into all of the routines that I give and that I do personally. And it's always at the beginning to get, it's just like a warm up, you know? And so sometimes it's like two exercises, sometimes it's three exercises. It really depends on what I'm doing that day. So if I'm doing like overhead pressing exercises, obviously I need thoracic extension, I need shoulder flexion, you know? So I'm gonna be working on those specific things right before I train, but it's no more than probably five to 10 minutes. And how about you? I do it before bed every night because it just makes me feel good. Yeah. Um, just like a little, yeah, I've added stuff throughout the years. I kind of just listen to my body and respond to it that way. Yeah, we tend to, well, we get, again, it's like we do group stuff here. So, I mean, it's the biggest thing we do. Obviously, we have individuals that come in depending on what they have to do, but 99% of what we do is a group. So, we will just make them do it. Yeah. Like we used to do this, this was 10, I think it was almost probably 12 years ago. We would take every fourth Friday and we would do mobility and like SMR. Um, and our groups would go from like 20 people to like four. And they would tell me, we don't need to do this. We just need to sweat and move around. And I'd be like, hey, Cindy, um, I get it, but you move like shit. So this is what you do need to do. So now we just spoon feed it into them. So it'd be like, hey, ride the assault bike and do some inchworms. Yep. So now they can't really escape it. You've learned. <laughs> yeah. it's um, You can sell them like what they want, but once they're here, you just give them what they need. Yeah. That's basically what we've done over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like to tie everything to goals like that they have. Like, hey, remember that goal that you told me that you have to do this? That's why we're doing this. Mm-hmm. And then some people genetically are just better. Like that is mm-hmm. a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like some of the most athletic people we've seen here, uh, women included, the worst mobility I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> like across the board. Mm-hmm. Yet they're the biggest freaks. Interesting. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I mean, a, DNA plays a huge role in everything. Yeah, fast twitch, slow twitch, and mm-hmm. just genetically what people can do. Um, what kind of training do you guys tend to do yourselves? So I do Olympic weightlifting, um, and I compete. I've competed. I competed in August, and I qualified for the American Open, which is like nationals of power or Olympic weightlifting. What li- um, what lifts are we talking here? The snatch and the clean and jerk. Oof, those are both the big ones. Yeah, those are rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I train year round in a little bit of Olympic weightlifting, but I do mostly powerlifting, bodybuilding, like style workouts, and with throwing in a little bit of the Olympic lifts. That's what I do personally, just because that's what my body has responded the best to after ten surgeries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, with rehab stuff built in where I need it. And you still do all the overhead stuff with oh, the yeah. shoulders. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's not a problem anymore. That's gnarly. Because <laughs> a lot of people, they just punt it. Yeah. After that, they're just like, I'm out. I, I can't know. do it. That's my one bag against um, CrossFit, if you will, is the amount of – when you look at Olympic lifting, like our, we have friends who – Moji Lua, a buddy of mine, he was third in the Olympics in 96. Mm-hmm. I think he had like 300 pounds over his head at a buck 35. So a freak show. It's amazing. But – He's like, when we coach it, so he'll go around now to like a lot of the boxes in uh, typically like the LA area. And he's like, we'll start him off with PVC pipe yeah. because A, they don't have the mobility to get into the postures, right? Mm-hmm. But two, he's like, they're teaching somebody to do these overhead lifts for speed mm-hmm. and time mm-hmm. against everybody else. And the problem is all the reps are shit. Yeah. When you look at Olympic lifting, one rep, yep. maybe three, maybe three. Five is like, car- no, is cardio. cardio. Yeah. Cardio. No. <laughs> so that's the crazy thing where if you go to CrossFit, hey, do 50 overhead snatches. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? Your form goes to shit very quickly. Yeah. I don't want to beg on CrossFit, but I'm sure you guys have your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never did CrossFit. People were like, oh, but you work in a CrossFit gym and you do Olympic weightlifting and you were a gymnast. You'd be great at CrossFit. I would, but I hate cardio. So 
I'm not going to do CrossFit. <laughs> no, it's um, we've had Colleen Fosh on the podcast a handful of times, and Colleen, I think last time she was there, was she the twentieth fittest woman in the world mm-hmm. per CrossFit? She's 32, has had how many shoulder surgeries? Yeah, and had an ACL tear, and it's like. We did it once, like at HQ, at Reebok. I went through, we went through the whole thing with all the people, and it was great. They're like, what do you think? And I'm like, I'd make it like a year, maybe. And they're like, till what? I'm like, till something like yeah. becomes detached, Broken. which is not ideal. Yeah. Um, and Chloe, how do you train? I um, have been a dancer for about a decade, but I stopped at school because brutal school. PT school, right? Yeah. Uh, I spent all my hours studying. So um, to fill that time, I was doing a lot of running. Um, just because it's easy and free. Um, I do my mobility at night, and luckily being a physical therapist is pretty demanding physically anyway. So some days I tell myself that my job was my workout, even though it definitely wasn't, but it makes me feel better. I'm sure you take a decent amount of steps too a day. Oh, yeah. When you guys are there? Yeah. Um, Stacey, how many days do you lift? Four days. Four days. What about the other days? I go for walks with my dog. I like that. (laughs) basic stuff yeah uh your guys thoughts on foam rolling tissue work like that it's a means to an end i think that you know it has a place and sometimes it provides a placebo effect which in alone could be advantageous for some people Mm -hmm. um it does help temporarily in like perceived pain reduction but it doesn't do anything long term so as long as you educate people on what it's actually doing versus what it's not doing i think that you can implement it and it's fine I just think that it's a means to an end. So you got to make sure you start adding in those other things that are going to be long-term changes. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you guys do it or no? No. Never roll. Never. Ever. Ever. That's interesting. Never. There's a handful of schools of thought here um, across the board with that. Uh-huh. But my opinion is anything that gets people to move is better than them Yeah. not moving for sure. And if it does make you feel better, I would tell people to almost do anything that does it a lot of these guys they do come in and they're they'll say i have joint pain but it's not really joint pain Mm -hmm. it's just above or below Mm -hmm. and usually it's because the tissue is shit around it yeah Mm -hmm. because they do nothing to stretch it or mobilize it whatsoever Mm -hmm. which is interesting so it brings me to the next point um theraguns we have them in the clinic there are certain patients that don't do well with hands-on stuff and it's like so you can't needle them so i do dry needling i do cupping i do all that stuff but they don't respond really well to that so sometimes we'll use the theragun or we have it's the four core the percussion one the hypervolt yeah. uh, not hypervolt it's the powervolt mini i think we have like the tim tam and we have the theragun we have like so we, many different yeah. types they just send them here yeah but we up. have this like mini one that like especially the like, younger girls they respond really well to it it's just to like get them to like stop guarding mm-hmm. so we use it as another means to an end I'm not opposed to doing any manual therapy. I just think that once you educate people on what it's doing and that we want to get away from it eventually to give them like tools that they need to be able to help themselves long term, that's like the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So like you prefer the guns over rolling. Yeah. In that instance. Yeah. Cause, well, a lot of people like you to actually do something for them, right? Versus them doing something for themselves, especially yeah, well, in our care. They come in, they're like, they want something hands on, like the old joke in physical therapy is like you could have the ultrasound machine on somebody and they would feel better. So just sometimes like you having your hands on them or you doing something, it's them perceiving it, that it's helping and feeling better. And it's not really necessarily doing anything at all, but mm-hmm. it's making them feel better. Cause you guys, it's similar to what we do. Like I always say, we sell the worst service in the world. This is the service industry. You guys are the same way. Um, here's what we sell here. 
um, you have to eat right. Um, and you have to come in here and do these terrible workouts, but you have to do them. Mm -hmm. We don't do them for yeah. you. It's like going to a restaurant and you cook all your own food. Mm -hmm. It sucks, dude. Yeah. That's what we sell here. Mm -hmm. Come in, rather That's like the melting bite. pot. Yeah. yeah. It's basically <laughs> the same shit. <laughs> so you guys, essentially it's the same, but you're saying if you actually do it, people feel better. That it's more advantageous. Yeah. They, it creates buy-in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes buy-in is what you need to build rapport and build a relationship for them to teach them how to do things themselves. Mm -hmm. One for them to relax too. Yeah. Like when you talk, like I do say when we, when people use like the hypervolt or whatever, mm -hmm. they can chill more than if they roll mm -hmm. because their tissue usually is so shit. It's more passive. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. painful for them. They can't even roll mm -hmm. on it at mm -hmm. all, yeah. which is gnarly to see. Mm -hmm. uh, normal tech boots. Don't have them. You ever use them? I've used them. Yeah. You yeah. like them? Yeah, I like them. I don't mind those things. Yeah. Do you guys do any hot, cold therapy stuff? No, we do not. Are you a fan of any of it? Personally? Um, no, not personally. Uh, I Once again, like the research is cut, like 50-50, right? Is it effective? Is it not effective? Yeah. Does it help certain populations? Does it not help? You can read 100 different articles and 50 things will tell you it's effective. 50 things will tell you it's not effective. Mm -hmm. So we don't do it because if we're thinking about like cost of benefit ratio. It's just not there for us. We only have an hour. So we're going to give the most bang for our buck to our patients. And that's what we can give with the guided and skilled exercises that we give. Mm -hmm. And when you mentioned like dry needling yep. for the average person, explain it to them. So dry needling is the same kind of needles as acupuncturists use. They're very thin. You don't fill them as they go in. But what actually we're doing with um, the dry needling technique is you go into the actual trigger point. You tell me that your, you know, your shoulder, the front part of it is sore and it's kind of achy. That's where I'm going to go in. Acupuncturists use the meridians of the body. They use like the energy fields. So if you tell them your shoulder hurts, they might put a needle in your hand because somehow it's connected to your shoulder in their, like their whole meridian thing. So I don't understand their, their methodology, not saying that it's wrong. It's been around for a long time, so it could be very effective. But what we do, it causes a twitch response and then that muscle relaxes instantly. And that's the goal basically is to get them to chill out. Mm -hmm. Correct. And By then, any means necessary. Mm -hmm. I did that. And then cupping for the average person. Like reverse massage is my understanding. Yeah. So cupping is basically just like using a vacuum approach to place these cups on someone's tissue. And it's just suctioning it away. So we have different layers. We have skin. We have fascia. We have muscle. So, And then you have blood that goes between each of them. But if you aren't moving well, then you're not getting good blood supply or good circulation throughout those different layers. So the cup kind of promotes the blood supply to get better to those areas. So we do a lot on low backs. Mm -hmm. I did, uh, I've done it a handful of times yeah. where, and we filmed it for YouTube. It actually looks pretty disgusting yeah. um, when you can see it. Mm -hmm. uh, even if you're lean, like how much tissue you can yeah. suck. And the in. bruising. Uh, it's hard to breathe. Like I it felt is. it was just like not as freeing as I thought it would be. I don't know what I thought it would be like. Um, but you can do the, the quick trick test that like you can needle or not needle. You can cup someone's low back and then you can have them like bend over and touch their toes. And they're like, oh, I can do it now. You know, because it's just like that, like temporary reduction of tension. And some of the spots are gone in like a minute and some are there for days. Correct. Mm -hmm. and Usually what, for up to a week. And what is like the worst blood flow basically spot or that's just random? It's just random. How that happens. Yeah. Interesting. Because uh, I've done all these things. I mean, basically for the most part, like whether it's scraping, mm -hmm. uh, which is not my favorite thing in the mm -hmm. world, but sometimes beneficial depending on the issue. Uh, if I'm on the same note here. You guys barefoot training? Yes, no? Yes. You do it personally? Yep. Uh, any of your people who train, you ever just say, hey, take your shoes off and move around? I would say 90% of our mm -hmm. patients are barefoot. 
Mm-hmm. When they come in. Yeah, when they come in. Well, they're, they're gymnasts. <laughs> Off the street. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we promote Vivo Barefoot, too. So I work with that company. And so I don't even know what that is. The shoes, Vivo Barefoot Shoes. Like those finger shoes? No, it's a minimalist based shoe. So it's those like creepy a creepy ass finger <laughs> shoes. So ugly. They those are <laughs> called Vibrams. <laughs> they got sued, by the right? Way. They got sued for like a million dollars. They did, but then they're still back out. So I don't know how that worked. Well, I think they just had to say it was bullshit because okay. they would be like, "These are like training with no shoes on," and I'm like, "No, bro, this is not like training." You're like with constricted. Shoes. It's like having those finger socks. Yeah, they always creep <laughs> me out. They're feet gloves. Yeah, they're feet gloves. <laughs> <laughs> they're weird. They're yeah. strange. I would yeah. never. First of all, just I'm not a fashion person. But that alone, I'm yeah. like, I'll be uncomfortable and wear normal shoes, too. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Um, we do a lot here. That's why I'm saying, like, when I lunge or we squat, a lot lower body patterns for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a fan. Just because I think your shoes are like. They limit you. For sure. Mm-hmm. And they're like these shitty shock absorbers yeah. that you don't, you need them mm. just because you're not used to not having them. True. I remember, um, I'm not a runner, but I'll do the charity stuff for the people here. So, mm-hmm. like, Urban Athlon, all these things, like Pat's Run. Which is like 4.2 miles around Tempe. Mm-hmm. And I remember last time we did it. And I'm I'm fast for like a mile. Like I'm good for about 540 mile. And then mm-hmm. I'm, that's it. It's Tucker over. out? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more like type 1. Like fast twitch for sure. Um, I could run an hour without stopping. But it's super painful. Yeah. If I lost like 40 pounds, it'd probably be beneficial. But we're running paths running. I'm the first mile. I'm like, man, I'm this is great. Cruising. I'm crushing it. And I look over in the sky. And I shit you not. You're running up like fucking mill. He has no shoes on, and he just smokes me. I'm yeah, like, but he's this, probably been doing it a while. This dude has no shoes on. Dude, I walk around my pool, I step on a rock, and it's like I got shot. Right. Like I want to die. <laughs> yep. But this dude is doing it. But I, I, that. <laughs> I am a fan of, uh, of the no shoes, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we work with so many gymnasts, so they're barefoot in their sport anyways. Yeah. So then we pretty much just like translate that to every patient because they need to be able to connect with their foot. There's so many people that have foot issues. Mm-hmm. Well, and your foot is basically shrink-wrapped and like, yeah. Shit. Yeah, you have like the most sensors, the proprioceptors and nerve bundles in your foot than anywhere else. And so if you like you literally limit that by having a shoe on. Well, it's weird because people don't I mean, if you ever have rolled the bottom of your foot, like how painful it can oh my be. Gosh. Or for me, honestly, stretching the top, literally just coming back. Ooh. I mean, and it's so tender, it's so tight, I'm like, Jesus. But a normal person doesn't do that ever. Mm-hmm. And honestly, a lot of the things here people think their hips are shit and that's true their ankles most of them their it's almost always mm-hmm. and literally we can stick well if you've ever worn like lifters platform mm-hmm. yeah you do squat way better yeah for the lifters that. on yeah mm-hmm. for sure so these guys we just take a little 10 pound plate insert under the heels and yep. it's like wow i squat perfect i'm like well it's because your, your ankle mobility <laughs> sucks dude um not saying their hips are great yeah but it's weird because very few i think coaches in general do coach any type of ankle mobility Whatsoever. I would agree. There's nothing. Um, do you guys give nutrition advice? It's not necessarily within our scope of practice to like give specific advice. We can give very generalized advice, and that depends on the state that you live in too. We have practice guidelines. Yeah. Within this state, it's very much more like the Wild West being in Arizona. <laughs> that's, so, why, that's why I live here, bro. Yeah, it's more lenient. <laughs> so there's not very like hard and strict rules on that. So we could, but I would definitely I refer people out to a nutritionist all the time. Um, or I even use like the RP diet app, which was made by scientists and stuff. So I kind of guide them that way and I'll give them like, Hey, you probably should be eating more protein sort of thing. Once I talk to all these people and I'm like, how much protein do you eat? And they're like, um, maybe like 20 grams of protein a day. And I'm like, here, start with that. Like that's going to help your tissue, your healing. Mm -hmm. So we talk a little bit about it, but not that much. 
And how do you guys eat? Just curious. Healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I usually have like the same foods every day, like eggs and toast for breakfast, chicken and rice for lunch, sweet potato and steak for dinner. It's pretty much my daily. How about you, college kid? Oh, no. Not even close to that. No. It's all over the place. Some days I just forget to eat and have to remind myself. Um, but I eat better now. Once I got into physical therapy school, there is this kind of, okay, I can't be hypocritical. This is my job. I'm here for health. I can't be that person who's, you know, telling people what to do and then not doing that. So, you yeah. know, salads are cool. You don't want to be the 400-pound doctor no. telling people how to move better. No. Not a good look. No. Yeah. It's... um. If you can't be a practitioner of what you do, it's hard to get people to buy in. Mm -hmm. For sure. And you guys probably should lead from the front like yeah. most people in right. in industries. Yeah. Uh, what about sleep importance for these guys? Do you ever touch on that or no? I literally talk about that with so every single patient. That's like protein and sleep are my two biggest for recovery. Mm -hmm. um, I sleep, this is crazy for people, 10 hours a night. Every single night. It sounds awesome. It, it is in awesome. theory. <laughs> it is but. awesome. But that's like the, I, I honestly attribute to like all the ways that I've been able to recover is because of my sleep. What time do you go to sleep usually? Like 8.30. 8.30 to 6.30. It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good little gap. I try, I mean, I get up at like four, but that's just. Yeah. So my husband gets up at four. That's why we go to bed at 8.30 for him. Yeah. And I just sleep later. My wife does basically the same thing. Yeah. We go to sleep about the same time and her phone alarm will go off at six is what it's set for anyway, which I'm already here yeah. and doing my thing usually. So interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause yeah, people do suck at sleeping <laughs> and they suck at eating. Yeah. yeah. And there's actually research to support that they're like 1.7 times more likely to injure themselves if they sleep less than eight hours a night. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yes. I guess I believe it. Well, and how does like, how is your tissue going to repair itself? Exactly. How is the body going to heal? Right. I think people do think that too. If you're talking like, let's say pharmaceuticals, hey, if I take these drugs, they'll heal me. Mm -hmm. The drugs don't actually heal you. Mm -mm. It, your body is going to heal itself anyway. Now, certain things might allow it to, mm -hmm. micronutrients you put in, you know, essential proteins, essential fats, those things, and the quality of sleep you get. But without it, your hormones are shit. Mm -hmm. You're going to eat worse. You're going to move worse. You're going to feel worse. Mm -hmm. It seems overly simple but it's the reality yeah uh i'll ask these questions here i did have one quick um fms i'm fms certified yeah what do you think of that i think it's a load of shit that's what i like to hear here okay well there you go uh, i'm no. also sfma certified we learned that in school yeah did you guys learn that no um yeah it's a load of shit i mean you're trying to like generalize things or put people in categories and i don't like that it just doesn't, and again, no offense, like Gray is super smart. Like, it's just a different thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like where, I remember we went through and the example I always give, like, so Ben um, is six foot nine mm -hmm. and he's about, let me see here, 300 pounds. Yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe a little leaner today. Who knows? Ben, I love you. Um, yeah, we love you, Ben. But for him to score better on FMS than like Dave, who is more closer to my size mm -hmm. squats perfect in the bucket mm -hmm. everything is but ben would score better than him he like oh well and like that was my and not that ben doesn't move great for how big he is but it's not the same mm -hmm. and everybody scored on these same metrics and you have some of these best athletes and this was my problem with it and this is not a knock against it like i'm a fan of things these tests where there's guys in the nfl who couldn't pass it mm -hmm. they couldn't score it but then some you know, Roger working at Bank of America scores perfect. Right. Like, what the, what the fuck? Are, you know what I'm saying? Like, what, <laughs> what are we doing? doing? 
it's kind of crazy how mm-hmm. we do that. So yeah. Um, yeah. there's a lot of things that go into it. I was just curious your, yeah. your thoughts on it. That's why we do like our own little, like we literally do like a head to toe assessment. We learn those things because it's like something that you can do very fast in like a very big setting. So if you're working with an entire team, like maybe you can get a couple metrics really quickly, you know, but it doesn't really show good like quality of movement. It doesn't mm-hmm. help like, you know, dissociate certain elements that we need to be able to see. So we have kind of formulated our own little like style of checking everything to make sure that we know what's the limiting factor and what needs to be addressed. And there's, I mean, there's a ton out now too, like where that was probably the original I was used to SGT, like the smart group training guys did something comparable. And even those, like they're all good things. The problem is just because somebody can't score well or can't do them doesn't mean that they can't exercise and they right. can't be fit. And sometimes they're just never going to do it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's, and I don't, people don't want to hear that. Like sometimes you just can't do something Yeah. and that's how it's going to be. That's okay. Like you train your whole life. Like you can either dunk a basketball or you can't. I'll like, never be able to. Like nope, sometimes can't. it just is. And that's how I think of all the screens. Mm-hmm. Like maybe this is just your thing. Yeah. Um, these came from uh, PT people, actually. <laughs> PT people. Uh, right? We get a lot of that. Uh, this one. What are some of the underrated muscle groups and exercises that every patient, lifter, average Joe could benefit from? Obviously, this is generalizing here. but I would the, say obliques. Uh, Foot intrinsics, rotator cuff, low trap, and glute med. Basically, your whole body, everybody. Yeah, all of it. If you're listening, if <laughs> you're sorry, li- if you're very specific. Uh, same for you. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say the QL is the first thing that comes to my mind. Like okay. in the low back, a for lot sure. of people come in with back pain, mm-hmm. and she'll dry needle the quadratus lumborum, which is like really deep in there, and you get almost an immediate like, oh wow, I feel so much better. My hips are realigned. Right. What's well, weird how it's like when you're a little kid, it is all connected mm-hmm. where these guys will sit at a desk all day and they'll lose their upper back and then they lose their lower back and then everything kind of mm-hmm. goes to shit. And the one thing, if you can get stronger pulling, I think it'll help your life in general. Mm-hmm. If you can deadlift, a lot of people listening are not going to do that. That's just, they're like, oh, it's not my thing. I don't feel, that's fine. If you could do face pulls yeah. every day for a normal person. It works so much. And we try to, when we prescribe here, do two pulls for every push. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not always possible in every single program we do, like every day, but we try to. Mm -hmm. Just for the fact of most people, and dudes are probably worse than women because dudes are dumb. Um, You guys are just smarter. That is fair. It's the truth. We're bros. So when you're a young dude, you're 16, you're like, well, and my best friend is, I love him. We're old now. He's like four kids, but still to this day. Um, he'll send me like a, a video clip of him working out or something. And he's like, Jeremy, do people only care about having jacked arms and a rock six? And I'm like, Connor, that is not true at all. I go, but I know you're still on that same program from being 16 years old because dudes will train what they can see. Yeah. The mm-hmm. beach muscles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you start to understand the body and your goal muscles is the entire posterior chain, like that moves you through space. Yeah. So we try to prescribe that. And I figured you guys would say something similar mm-hmm. for sure. How do you use your position as a physical therapist to make real impact on people's lives apart from the hands-on treatment that you offer? He's getting deep here. I think this is where the programs come in. So being able to give people literally like I bring the clinic to you in an app. So you have shoulder pain, you have low back pain, you have heel pain. There is a program for that. 
and we walk you through every single exercise. We cue you through everything. It's almost like you're in person with us and we sell it for a fraction of the cost of an in-person appointment. So it's like $40 for four weeks. So you get $10 a week for this program. And it's all of these programs, like a three month program. So that's another way that we can use kind of our skill set to impact so many more people and make it accessible and affordable. Mm-hmm. And how does it work? Like somebody gets it, it come, they have access to the app, obviously. Yep. And then there's like a certain prescription each week. Yeah. So we'll have like the three days, like day one, day two, day three. Usually we'll put it like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, and then they can move it. They can drag and drop to different days. Like if their mm-hmm. schedule just doesn't work for Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they have the full capability of moving things around. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they click on day one. I'm doing day one today. Start now. And then it says like, okay, this is the first superset is do this and this and this mobility exercise. Click on, oh, I don't even know what that is. Let me click on the video, watch the video. Okay, it says to do 10. I did 10. I write that in. Next one, it says add a weight. Okay, I write what weight I use today so I can track it for next time too. And everything is like that. You save it at the end. You say how hard it is. You Mm -hmm. can send us an actual message right through there Mm -hmm. and let us know how things are going. Mm -hmm. And is the feedback pretty positive with it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What if this is 15 years ago? It was 15 years ago. I feel bad because we couldn't, we didn't have the apps or the software to be able to do that 15 years ago. No. So like how would I make an impact 15 years ago? Yeah. Like what? I mean, you just, your ass out. That's just it. Yeah. It's things have just gotten better with the times. Like technology has improved. Um, our capability to reach more people and more lives and have Instagram and these social media platforms to help do that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's like, that's where the, the online space it's just better now and it can connect mm-hmm. more people and that's what makes it awesome. But also you said it makes yeah. it terrible. Um, yeah, I'll, I'm going <laughs> to, I have one question before I move to that because I am, I'll never like this wouldn't exist. Like yeah. us mm-hmm. doing right. this to 80 countries would yeah. be impossible yeah, exactly. 10 years ago. Right. Uh, and the fact that people listen to me talking is fucking ridiculous. Love you guys. Uh, <laughs> but it's insane. And the fact that some guy in like Lithuania is going to do a workout that we posted today is actually pretty crazy and pretty cool. So there's a lot of awesome stuff. There's just a lot of creeps um, Mm -hmm. on the internet too. Amen. But before I get to the social media part, how important is like adherence um, for these guys to be consistent? Like if you're somebody who's listening and I'll get Mm -hmm. to some specific things you can answer before we go, like um, you tear your ACL, um, you had rotator cuff surgery, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Um, for somebody not to go through and do the PT, like, I know you have no idea to know, but they're probably screwed without it. Right. Yeah. There's tissue healing timelines. And we talk about like, if you have a tendinopathy, so any tendon related injury, you have to load it three times a week to actually get the adaptation that you need to get it better. So we know that. And we tell people that, so that's where that key education component comes in. But we try to give people the minimum effective dosage for everything. So here's the five exercises that you have to do three times a week. If you can add this other thing in on that other fourth day, great, but this is the minimum effective dose. So we try to mm-hmm. really get people to like do less and cause less is usually more for them. Mm-hmm. But if there's people who are gung ho and they'll do all the stuff, like I shut them down. Like I tell people like you're, I can tell by their personality, like if I give you an inch, you're going to take a mile sort of thing. And I let them know, like, you know, this is serious. Like if you do too much here, you're not going to allow it to heal. And then you're going to set yourself back. So would you rather take six weeks and kind of work like slowly and rebuild? Or would you rather have to revisit the same problem over and over again for the next three years? Mm -hmm. 
And that's just coaching. It's coaching and education. It's just being able to like, do I have a relationship with this patient to be completely honest with them? And are they going to kind of understand what I'm trying to say? And like, you got to phrase it in a way that they fully understand. And do you ever get people, well, you might not since it's, your model's different, obviously. And I think it's, it's better for that in all reality. Uh, people who they sign up or they come and then they just start to ghost you mm-hmm. and they miss appointments. We don't get a ton of that because people really, truly invest in themselves when they come in because it is Mm -hmm. more of that self-pay model, especially if they've bought a package. They already paid for it. Now they're just coming in and using each session in their package. But um, we get some people that, like, they were referred by their friend, you know, and they come in and they're like, oh, well, I didn't really know what to expect or, like, what this place was. They definitely didn't find us from Instagram. And they might not, like, may not really want to do physical therapy, even though they understand it's beneficial. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, we get some of the other practitioners that get more ghosted. Um, but all my patients, I feel like my schedule is always yeah. full. At the mills, that's where you see all the so, dropping yeah. off. Yeah. So someone comes in, their insurance improvement for eight sessions, whether that's accurate or not, who knows. And then maybe they come to three and they're just like, I'm out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that person's probably just screwed. Probably. Forever. <laughs> so sad. Well, because yeah, like you watch like in college, like I remember like watching like guys on our team, ACL tear or mm-hmm. like a female and you, mm-hmm. but they would go through the whole show and they're diligent and they're on it. And then you get the average person who is snowboarding, skiing, they do it and they don't go through the stuff. And they're like, well, I tore my ACL 15 years ago. I'm like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. but you should be able to yeah. do normal people stuff at this point. Right. I think that's why education is so important. Like when you asked that question earlier about how we can impact people's lives, I think education is sometimes people just need you to explain it to them in a way that they understand because people will go to the doctor and their doctor will give them all these big words and they, they you know, it makes them. them feel like they have this diagnosis that's mm-hmm. like all inclusive and it's going to ruin their life. When if the doctor just said, Hey, your muscles pretty pissed at you. If yeah. you go make it stronger, it won't be so pissed. And then they're like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. We change the narrative a lot. People come in with all these, like these narratives that have been like told to them like for years, like, Um, my back is broken or, you know, like the doctor said I shouldn't squat because it's bad for my knees, like stuff like that. Like those things, I was like, when did you hear that? They're like 15 years ago. You've been walking around with this thought that like you can't squat for the last 15 years. Like that's outrageous. So just like kind of reframing things and like Mm -hmm. teaching them that like, no, actually squatting is not bad for your knees. You really should be squatting. You know, that's the prescription for Mm -hmm. people with knee pain. (laughs) It's crazy to me that that has become a common, we hear it here too. And they're like, well, I'm not supposed to squat. I'm like, well, how do you take a shit? Bro? I say it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you think about it, like, if you look at nursing home stats and not to get super serious, three fourths of those people are in the homes because they can't use the toilet unassisted. Mm-hmm. So essentially what you're saying is they can't do three fourths of a body weight squat. Mm-hmm. That's really what's happening. And when you look at the progression of people who don't move, like from you being walking to a walker, a walker to a wheelchair, a mm-hmm. wheel, that end progression is fast. Yep. Like it's quick. So to tell someone who's 42 years old, you shouldn't squat when it's basically the most functional movement Mm -hmm. of all life. Like if you can keep a neutral spine in fitness, you can basically do damn near every fucking exercise. Mm -hmm. And if you can squat, you pretty much can do anything like in life Mm -hmm. in general. Squat and hinge. (laughs) It's weird because we see people that'll come in here and usually it's they travel or they sit at a desk all day and their glutes are shit. Basically their butt has become their feet in all reality. And they're like, I have low back pain. I've had it for 10 years. I'm not shitting you. We literally put them, elevated pigeon stretch, a couple Spider-Man steps. They move around laterally for five minutes. And they're great. Oh, my God. You cured me. I'm like, we didn't do anything. 
You just have shitty glutes. You just dude. moved. That's mm-hmm. it. It's really strange where a lot of times people think, and obviously everything is different, so it's, it's no way to prescribe it. This is sore. I'm not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. Almost never is that the answer. Mm-hmm. Like when we see it, almost never. Yep. My elbow, I have tennis elbow. Let me do nothing. Yeah. Bro. The it's hurt, don't do it philosophy is dead. Yeah. Except mm-hmm. it's not though. Well, yeah, it should be. It is. It yeah. should be dead. So if you're listening yeah. right now, that's not the answer. <laughs> no, it's a terrible answer. That doesn't solve anyone's problems. Mm-mm. It's weird. Like, well, I'm just going to rest it. I'm like, it doesn't get any better because nothing mm-hmm. around it improved. Yeah. Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Movement is medicine. That's what they would always tell us in school. It's, I wish I could talk about last year and all day. Um, <laughs> 2020. If we had just said like, hey, bro, like got on TV and, and I'm not, don't care what your stance is on anything else. I don't give a shit. If you just would have got on TV every day when people were listening to you, you idiots, and said, hey, man, you guys got to move better and, like, just just walk every day. Like, non-fitness activity, just do that shit. Drink water, take vitamin D, C, zinc, quercetin, eat real fucking food, and maybe lift once in a while. Like, your life would be better. Mm-hmm. But we never say that. That's never the answer. Yeah, that's not what people prescribe. Here's so, a pill. <laughs> well, and I think, like, when you mention, like, your physician will say just, hey, you know, you shouldn't squat. Is it because they don't know or they're just lazy or both? It's lazy. Yeah. And I think that they don't know how to have those conversations and they're difficult conversations to have, you know, like Mm -hmm. to tell people the truth about things and to phrase it in a way that it's going to be well received is a skill. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, uh, we call it knowing your audience here. Yeah. There's certain people here that can get this version mm-hmm. of me. And then there's the people who can get the worst version. And then there's people who get the... Polite. I call it the AT&T version. Uh, <laughs> we do like a lot of corporate stuff. And so they'll call and like, hey, can you come do a speech? I'm like, well, do you want the real version or like the AT&T version? What's that? I'm like, well, I don't swear. I just kind of... Oh, PG. Let's, let's do that. I'm like, yeah, sure, dude. It's, it costs <laughs> double because I don't want to be doing it. Uh, but it is hard to tell someone that they suck or their choices are shit. Yeah. And there's a way to do it. And not obviously sound like an asshole, but it's not comfortable. No, it's not. But those you, are the conversations we have every day. It's a lot of empathy. Yeah. I feel like a lot of physical therapists go into it because we have a lot of empathy. Yeah. And a lot of doctors do not go into it because of empathy. Yeah. Well, and imagine, well, because how many, what year are you now? How many years in? Seven. And you're just well, still baby chicken. waiting in the game. I say this with fitness too. Um, if you've been in it for 10 years and you're still in it, even if you suck, like you're doing something right. The fact that you're not jaded by the whole industry and haven't yeah. quit is one because the failure rate is so high. Like even for what you guys do, people will do it and maybe they'll fix it. But then do they go back to just the normal bullshit they always did? Do they continue? You know what I'm saying? Like you taught them a set of skills and that they have forever. So if you took someone how to, you know, go through rotator cuff mm-hmm. like treatment. They know that forever. True. They learned a handful of mobility drills that they can use the rest of their life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If I did my job well. Yeah. But do they do it? Like that's what I always wonder. Some of my my patients do. Yeah. So a lot of my patients, they don't come back to me for the same thing because they know how to fix that thing. It's a new thing. Yeah. Which is which is <laughs> they I just mean, cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's well, I always say like if you're over the age of probably 25, you're going to pick up some shit yeah. along the you're way. You're going to sneeze and your back's going to hurt and you're going to come in. <laughs> and just like imbalances too. Yeah. Like just your life in general. Like if yeah. you play like gymnastics, I don't know the, the patterns like where if it's sports, if you played baseball all the way through college even, 
like you have some asymmetry. Mm-hmm. Like there's going to be some rounding in this shoulder versus that shoulder. Mm-hmm. If you play basketball your whole life, mm-hmm. your plant leg is way stronger. It's There's yeah. nothing I can do to get this leg as strong as this leg. Yeah. It, Everyone's you, asymmetrical. You can get close. Well, we think we're symmetrical, but we're, we're not. We're not. <laughs> if you look at naked in the mirror, I promise you guys you're not either. Um, let me go to this one. How do you balance the time spent growing social media with treating patients, coaching athletes, and maintaining your own personal life? So a big part of my social media is actually the time that I spend being a clinician. So I, you come in and you have an injury. I take videos of the, these exercises that I'm going to give you. You've already consented that I can share on my social media. And now I just use those same exercises, which I already gave you. I already diagnosed you. I make a post afterwards and I just post it up. So it's actually very quick these days. Like I can crank out an entire month of content in one day. So I do that. I usually every month I'll just go ahead and write a whole list of things that I want to create content for. And I just in one day crank all of it out and then it's done. So mm-hmm. I'm down to like one day a month doing that. Does it take a couple hours? Or like ten, the, 10 hours. Yeah, the whole day. It's like the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a process, but I've gotten it down now. And I don't like second guess myself on perfectionism at this point either. That was like the big holdup when I first started like growing my social media because I just like felt like it needed to be perfect in order for me to put it out there. And that like, obviously that's like the opposite of progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would, um, if I could disappear from the internet altogether, that would be ideal. You but, just delete your account. You know, it's if there wasn't this monetary thing connected to all of it, like <laughs> right. it would be... It's, and honestly, like, I would feel bad because it's like you have this gift, right? Yeah. Like, where you can help people. Yeah. And if I didn't use it for that, it would be, like, super selfish. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I think that's a good way of looking at um, it. We game it here, obviously. Like, in a perfect world, like, do I want to look at myself with no clothes on doing fucking exercise? No, I don't want to do that. Maybe. Like, I don't need, it's not my thing. <laughs> I go, but it's like the sizzle and steak, right? Like, if it gets people to stop mm-hmm. and scroll and then it comes into our queue, it's yeah, what we it's do. Yeah, it's clickbait. Yeah, we do the same thing here. We film them all basically like mm-hmm. in a day and then shop them out. Yeah. So you do that in a day mm-hmm. um, with everything else. Like how much are you still working at this point? Like every day a little bit. Yeah, so we're going through like a lot of growth right now. So much growth. So it is a lot more this year than it was even last year. And last year was crazy because I put the whole facility up. But now growing into like we're trying to also expand like into a bigger space because we've already outgrown our space. So yeah, I'm just constantly working. Um, but on Saturdays and Sundays, I do try to shut it down and just use that time to spend with my husband. I like that. If like someone is like a PT out there listening and they want to do it, young kid like <laughs> Chloe here, uh, what would you tell them? Like the the most important things, like whether it's n- not even social, like maybe it's that too. Like how important is it for them to get on social and start pumping out stuff? If that's what they want to do, I would just make sure that they remain authentic. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of people try to be somebody they're not. No. On the internet? Yeah. On the internet. No. Can you believe it? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's crazy to me. Like when people come in and they see me, they're they're like, oh, well, you're like the same person you are on Instagram. I'm like, did you expect someone different? <laughs> like, this is me. Sorry. Like, I don't, I don't have this fake persona like that I want to give to the world. It's just, you get me and you get me every day. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. You like it, take it or leave it, you know? Um, so just be authentic to yourself. And I think that, you know, just getting shit out there is the most important thing. So like pumping out things, it doesn't matter if it's perfect. It doesn't matter if you're resharing. Um, you just need to start creating content and posting literally daily. That's my main tip. 
Well, it's like your business card, right. basically. Every single day, put something out. And I say this to, we've had multiple young kids work here. Usually they're here for like, I don't know, two, three years, whatever it is. And then they either are in the game or it's grinded them down to nothing. Because I would say mm-hmm. probably similar to your stuff, I tell this to everybody, don't do what I do. Like, you'll fucking hate your life. I like, tell everyone, don't be a business owner. Yeah, it's not your... Well, think about how... Imagine this. Like, if I... Let's say I hate this. I'm like, I just have had it. But I want to do something a couple of days a week. If Ben would pay me enough, like, to just show up at his place and do fitness and, like, turn off the lights and leave in a heartbeat, dude. Yeah, just be an employee again. Because when the AC breaks and they're like, hey, man, it's 10 Gs. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, Yeah, let me send you a check. Or whatever happens. Like, that's always on you. Yep. It's... Mm-hmm you're balancing all of it all the time. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is something easier to do that. But again, a lot of the young people, they don't, it's hard to understand mm-hmm. like until you go through and do it. Yeah. That's why I was just curious. Yeah. That's a tough one, man. <laughs> um, so you basically, you're still working a ton. You do something a little bit every day. Is it easier now or harder? than three, four years ago. You have more stuff to do, but you have the system set up in place, obviously. Yeah, so I feel like the things I do, like I can literally do like a whole week's worth of tasks in a day because now I have all the systems in place and I know exactly what I need to do. Before it was more like I didn't really know what I needed to do, so I was doing things and it might not necessarily have been what I needed to do, if that makes sense. So it's kind of like I wasn't as um, organized. I didn't have all those systems to help me like focus and figure things out. Now I... I just like divvy things out. I'm good at delegating. I'll give people different tasks and tell them that it needs to be done by a certain date. So then we all kind of like have a hand in helping the team and helping me. Yeah, because in your guys' field, either you basically run your own show or you work for somebody else. Correct. And I think for a lot of people listening, it sounds sexy to be the man until you are the man. Have, yeah, then it's terrible. Well, man. Um, <laughs> you know, well, yeah. So it's, <laughs> I think. That's why I bring it up just because I think some people say, well, this is, this will be better for me. I'm like, but it might not be Yeah. like, cause if for you, you've learned at least how to do the business setup and yeah. you probably make mistakes like me for all sure. the time and you learn as you go. But for a lot of people, they're not equipped to chew on that every day mm-hmm. and be good at yeah. doing PT. It seems like it'd be a lot. It honestly. is a lot. So Chloe, if you know that, listen, <laughs> is that the goal for you? No. I know myself well enough to know that I would probably want to die if I ran a business just because I, my brain doesn't work that way. Um, I do PT because I love people. I like being the worker bee. I like talking to people. I like being hands-on. I like being a part of it, but I'd rather have someone tell me what to do, to be honest. And that's, you know, the people in your class, like I could name 10 people off the top of my head who might open their own clinic. And then I could name 70 other people who probably will not. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really like people telling me shit, so yeah. that's a problem. Um, I should have always known I was going to open my own business. I don't like to for people to tell me what to do either. Well, it, it's like it comes at a cost, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a price you would pay for not doing it, and then there's a price you pay for doing it. Yeah. Like I can come here, dress how I want, say what I want, do what I want. There's no fucking rules. We just make it up as we go. Mm-hmm. But I, I pay for that. Mm-hmm. Like I've earned it. Yeah, and you and continue like to grit and hard work and hours put in sweat and, equity. Mm-hmm. So what I call it. And it's it oh never God. well it never turns off, right? Yeah. And you it might not for you either, but where yours will never turn off. Yeah. It's always. Oh yeah, it's a hamster wheel up there. I call it like your dark passenger. If you ever watched like Dexter, 
Um, it's like you're this like serial killer next to you that is like always there. Even if you're like, oh, I'm going to go hiking. And then like two minutes later, I'm like. My brain goes into like better business mode when I'm doing something like that. I yeah. know. It's terrible. It's like, it's a gift and a curse. Yeah. It really is. Uh, we're almost through these. Uh, what's the most, what did he write here? What do you think the most physical therapists overlook when performing an evaluation on new patients? Is there something? I think that people don't focus enough on the subjective information. I think people like to interject too early and get to the actual assessment and the evaluation that if you honestly just ask the right questions and you let people tell the story, they will answer every question that you have. Mm -hmm. And then your assessment will be three things as opposed to a hundred things trying to narrow it down to three things. You know what I'm talking about? So like yeah. a lot of people just, especially newer clinicians, that they just like, okay, I learned this, you know, I want to like get to this test and this thing and this thing. And it's like, you know what? Just sit there for a second and let them talk mm-hmm. like, and don't interrupt them. Yeah, I would totally agree. Usually working, been, I've been working with Stacy for about five weeks now at the end of the week. And the biggest thing I've learned is, yeah, you can almost figure out exactly what's going wrong just by listening and watching, like just sitting in their chair. Sorry, I keep doing you're good. Just sitting in their chair, looking at their posture, looking at how they're mm-hmm. sitting in their chair or their feet out, which side do they sleep on? You know, you can kind of get those things just by talking to them. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you get to the assessment, you already know what you're going to do and you're expecting them to be positive. You're just doing it because you have to. You're just going to rule it in. Yeah. It's um, interesting you say listen to people. Weird. Yeah. Weird how that works. It's just a basic skill, right? Uh, well, I, I, we always say that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth <laughs> to shut the fuck up and just listen to people, dude. Well, and it's not just, it's not just listening. It's like you're hearing what they're saying. Yeah. Where you ever talk to somebody and we meet people like this, they're just waiting for their turn to talk. Is that what, like, do you ever get that on on a podcast? It's painful. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine so. We really don't, um, honestly, you're probably the, because we just met today. Um, you're the probably coolest like, person you've you, ever met. The, I was going to say that. Yeah, that was my first, <laughs> that was my first thing. Uh, but probably like the third person we've had on here that I haven't met before Mm -hmm. uh we'll do certain if they're like in town it's a certain Mm -hmm. doctor or something whatever they want to come on but almost everybody else we know because i'm like i don't know if you're cool or not so Mm -hmm. if you suck dude i don't want to this is on ben yeah so i'm like (laughs) in ben's like ben gets it so he yeah ben's been my patient before yeah so i've known him for like he worked with me for years so him and dave worked with me and then they started their own gym then ben started and so it's a whole circle so we're the same we're all the fucking crazy. We are. Yeah. I literally said that the other day. I was like, that's why people like us. They're a little crazy. Yeah. You, well, you have to be. Like, if you, there's a guy, there's, I don't know how many business owners here, but there's a dude here, Brent, I talk to all the time. And he does, um, it's like the jobs you don't think that exist. Mm-hmm. That sounds bad. Um, <laughs> Go on. He's an OnlyFans. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, he'll do like the power blasting, sand washing, but like for the Cardinal Stadium or like stuff okay. on the highway okay. and shit. And he always said to me, he's like, we'll trade stories. He's like, but you're on an island. And he's like, I can kind of relate to you because I'm on an island. But at the end of the day, dude, he's like, it's your own island. It's yours. It's not mine. It's not this guy's. So like Ben's on his own, even though we're in the same industry, Mm -hmm. our businesses are not the same. Correct. Like your PT business is not the same as the people who send these questions in. Mm -hmm. They're all different. And you can relate and trade stories. But at the end of the day, like it's yours Mm -hmm. and you're kind of by yourself either way. Mm-hmm. So usually those people tend to be okay mm-hmm. on the podcast because we're all kind of to do like a to go through school and be a doctor. It's just stupid, you know, and I mean that in like a positive way. Like it's ridiculous, like how hard it is, the amount of work you put in. 
hopefully you love it long term because you're kind of like screwed. You know, you're kind of, st- <laughs> you know, you're kind of stuck in that. You know what I mean? Like if you go to school and be an anesthesiologist and you're like three years in, you're like, this sucks. You really can't quit and go work at Walmart because you have to pay the student loans. Like there's a monetary tie to it. And if you get jaded by it, it's hard to do. So you're in it. So you're crazy in one regard. But then to like start your own business, which the failure rate is insanely high. It's the only thing that you probably do where the longer you're in it, the more likely you are to fail. And people think it's, well, I got past five years ago. It's bullshit. Because in 50 years, your business is probably dead because you're not doing it anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't keep going. And you always have to innovate and grow and learn and build it. And then now you're responsible for 13 people who make money. So you go to sleep with that every night too, Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I can relate. Uh, Last two or last three, I'll get you out of here. Somebody asked for your favorite full body stretches, if that's a thing. One that Chloe does not like, but the world's greatest stretch. I'm sure you know what that is. You don't like the world's greatest stretch. She doesn't like I, it. It's just a lot of parts. It's a lot of parts. I think that's what makes it I don't it great. like the elbows on the ground. It's just, I don't know. You're a doctor. I just have a thing it against it. Um, do you have, do you have like a better? <laughs> that's the worst part is I don't. I just, it's this gut feeling. Just, I don't know. I'll grow to like it. Just talk shit and don't have a replacement. I like it. So yeah. <laughs> there's another one that's really good. It's like a 90-90, but you like also do a shoulder circle at the same time. So you're oh, yeah, getting the upper body and the lower body. That one's a good one too. I do. Um, yeah, we, our world's greatest stretch, just because it does have so many moving parts. The problem is if you're not mobile at all, you can't do Too much of it. most of it. Yeah. Um, with the yoga blocks, you kind of can. We put people up on um, like a big, like a 24-inch box. Mm-hmm. Basically, and have them do a, a modified version from there, which is better, but it is hard. I like just, we basically make our own version of it. Inchworm, Spider-Man steps, little T-spine opener, basic yeah. stuff. Um, I would tell anyone that. And people will talk shit sometimes on the stuff we share on social media. Go figure. Uh, and they'll be like, why do you do so many inchworms? I'm like, you should do them all the time because you guys don't move at all through and space. And it's closed chain too for the shoulders. It's excellent. It's weird how when you start to look at people, and I was going to ask you too, do you know the uh, the knees over toes, dude? Mm-hmm. You like his stuff? Mm-hmm. I do. And the one thing, uh, I don't watch a lot of it. Actually, my buddy Jeff sent me a video of him like playing basketball. And then he like stops and points at the camera. That was my favorite part of the whole video. It had nothing to do with getting better uh, mobility wise, but just his like basketball highlights. And uh, the one thing he does, though, is the walk backwards. Yeah, the retro walks. Yeah. Like, I thought about that the other day. I go, how many people probably come into your space, in our space, and they don't move laterally at At all? all. A lot. Like, zero. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, you didn't take three side shuffles this whole week, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me. You didn't do a lateral lunge. Nothing. And so, when I see things like that, I'm like, I become a fan of just movement in general in ways that are outside of our typical. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, last two. These came from the internet. Um, what are you looking forward to in 2022? I am. So I am in the process of getting my own app developed right now. And that'll be released in 2022. The website redesign, all that stuff is going to be finally done this next month. So that'll be like good to go in 2022. And then hopefully I will be able to expand into a different like bigger space i just hope my neighbors move and so i can break down the wall and just expand into their space so i ask them like every week like hey you guys moving <laughs> and they're like um not yet <laughs> how big is the space you have now three thousand square feet okay it's similar to this yeah so it's like a thousand square feet for the office space right now and then we have about two thousand for the warehouse 
but it would be nice if we had double that. Mm-hmm. And what is that? It's Phoenix, right? Mm-hmm. Is it cheaper than Scottsdale? Yes, of course. But still not cheap. But still not cheap. Nothing's cheap anymore. <laughs> I like, I thought about that the other day. If I had to go through, like if you just rewind my life, even if I had all the same money today, would I want to buy my own house again? Like, hell no. I don't think I would either. No, it's crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Like how much more, like would I want to buy this again? And I'm like, could I even buy all these things again? And if I, I could, like, it'd be painful, and I don't think I'd want to, which I do feel bad for the younger generation. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like an old person when I say that, but it's just true. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like there's these cycles, especially if it's, like, your own business and your own show, because if it's your own and you own it, it's different. But if, like, the base rent, triple net, everything goes up historically yeah. over time, it starts to get real dicey real mm-hmm. quick. Agreed. How much bigger do you want to go? So I think the perfect would be... Like I said, double, so 6,000 square feet. It's a big space. Yeah. And, like, do you have, you would have, like, some, like, a fitness component in there at that size or no? Yeah, there already is a fitness component in. So, we have, like, you know, the turf area, too. Like, mm-hmm. you got to stop by one of these days. So, we have, like, the offices up front. We have, like, um, we have the platforms on one side. We have just turf space. We have, like, dumbbells. Like, then, like, the open, you know, freeway area. And then we have a bunch of machines on, like, the back wall. Is that where you work out, too? Yeah. Nice, dude. Yeah, it's nice if you can kind of combine it all yeah. together. It's my own gym. It's a good deal. Uh, and your PT guy who's there, he just does, or your uh, the trainer who's there, you just fish in people? He has his own people who's part of your team? Or? Mostly when we discharge patients and they're like an athlete and they need to still get that like return to sport component or even like get better than they even were before, then we just send them that way and we say you're ready for sports performance. Nice, dude. It's a good mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. This is not, this is off topic. How did you come up with the idea for this? You just took parts of everything that you saw people doing and then kind of mm-hmm. married them created, together? Yeah, I created my own model. There's, I think, two other clinics I know in the entire country that do kind of similar to what I do. But I, they didn't have it before I started. So there was like no model to like be able to imitate. It was just I used like personal training and my background in that. And I was like, this is my model for my business. Just kind of beg, borrow, and steal. Yeah. And then make it Frankenstein it yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a neat little thing. It's basically what we all do. Yeah. Just kind of make shit up as we go. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, last question. Uh, advice to people out there who are like living with like pain. You know, it's just a, a baseline step. Maybe it's chronic stuff or it's a, a nagging non-contact injury. When I say that, like you didn't get tackled. Yeah. Like you just, your knee is sore. Your shoulders sore, your low back is stiff. What is the... The number one thing? I would say keep moving. Like we talked about movement is medicine. Most people, they stop moving because they're in pain. And then if they keep not moving, then it creates more pain, more dysfunction, more problems. Mm -hmm. So I tell people most things aren't going to get worse if you're experiencing a little bit of pain. What you're going to do is you're going to kind of work some of that out. And then we're going to be able to actually figure out what's going on. And then give you exercises, but you can still have pain while you do these exercises and that's okay. So just like getting that education component in there and just make sure that they, they keep moving because the worst thing they can do is stop moving. Mm-hmm. Same for you. Yeah. I was going to say too, that pain is very real, obviously, but mm-hmm. there's also a big mental component to it. So sometimes we, people will work themselves up or say, Oh my God, that hurts. Like I have to stop. And then it's this downward yeah total snowball effect and it gets so much worse because what pain is is our brain saying danger Mm -hmm. that's what pain is that's all it is is the brain saying that is not normal and we don't like that so sometimes that we don't like that is oh I worked out for two hours yesterday Mm -hmm. so that pain is normal because I mean yeah I wouldn't like that (laughs) so 
you know, I would say that too, that pain is very real. So the first step is acknowledging it, introducing yourself to it, and then, you know, building kind of like building a relationship with it rather than against it. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's weird because there's people who there's outliers for everything. Mm -hmm. And do some people overexercise? Sure. I don't think most people do. Most people Mm -hmm. under recover. Yeah. Overtraining Mm -hmm. isn't a real thing Mm -hmm. in my mind. I mean, if you're like a psychopath, like you're David, you're like your David Goggins. Okay. Like you're fucking. That's like such a small percentage. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's very rare, right? Like we have a couple dudes here that uh, like uh, triathlete guys, like Ironman. Mm-hmm. Like their car will be here before mine and they're out like doing whatever. So there's the few, but most people don't. The same thing with pain, right? Like I don't think most people will push through this insane injury to keep training. Yeah. Most people, the minute something is like discomfort i'm out yeah and they tap out and they kind of quit yeah when usually that's probably not the best course of action right so we teach people like if they are experiencing anything like greater than a six out of ten on their subjective pain scale which is different for everyone Mm -hmm. that's what their stopping point but if you have up to that you can keep going Mm -hmm. that's a good rule of thumb Mm -hmm. i think and again when is the point when someone should come in and like get checked out or visit somebody or see somebody is there like a a general or just whenever they feel no and i think that you should think of physical therapy as a proactive approach to your your health and wellness too so you go to the dentist twice a year right for preventative care i really wish everybody would come in you know every six months and just get a full body assessment okay here's a couple things that you need to work on and then i'll see you again in six months and now we're preventing injuries and tackling your deficits as long as you do stuff in between. Right. These are, this is your prescription. Yeah. Because to me, the people that go to the dentist, it'd be like, you go. But and then you never you, floss. Yeah. It's like not doing mobility. Or yeah. you never roll or okay. get any tissue work done. Like, well, what the fuck right. good is it, dude? Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I think, of a lot of things, though. It's like even chiropractic. Whatever people want to think about, it's fine. Like, for certain people, I'm sure certain things work. I go, but if you do nothing on your own, it's essentially worthless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I dig it, man. Um, anything else? No, I think that's it. Yeah. It's a lot of stuff. No, thanks for having us, though. Yeah, this is great. Fun. Yeah, you guys are good. Where can um, where can they find you at? Instagram. That's where I hang out, at the Physio Fix. That's T-H-E-P-H-Y-S-I-O-F-I-X. Mm-hmm. What about you, Chloe? Do they stalk you yet anywhere? <laughs> they don't, but they could probably find me on Stacy's account because I've been shit. One of the best things about working with her is learning. You know, I say I don't want to be a business person, but... I'm learning all of it anyway, and I'm really grateful for that. So any stories you see about exercises, Chloe probably wrote those. I like yep. that. Uh, and my boy Alex texted me some of these really quick. Would you consider physical therapy, physical therapy to be just one of the many branches of physical activity and fitness? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for sure. It's a huge. Does everybody need it? No. Or yes. Everyone could benefit from physical therapy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, give me an example. Normal dude. Normal dude, you know, maybe maybe he doesn't do anything overhead, but one of the common things that we'll see as people get older is something called frozen shoulder and rotator cuff tendonitis. You know, that those are very common things that come together when someone gets above the age of 50. So, you know, your friend comes in and he's never done anything in his life overhead. Well, now he's never used that range of motion. So if we did an assessment and realized his range of motion is here, guess what? He, that's already a red flag for us. That's a, it's a precursor to frozen shoulder. So maybe just because he doesn't use it, he doesn't think it's a problem, but we could give him some exercises so it never becomes a problem. What is frozen shoulder for the people at home real quick? Well, it's fancy name is adhesive capsulitis. It's basically like one day you'll wake up and you won't be able to move your shoulder. 
That's like it. overhead. Yeah, usually it's like off to the side. You can't move it. You can't move it up. If you like try to hold anything out in front of you, it's difficult because you have some rotator cuff pathology too. And everything just becomes weak and flamed. And you think that the best thing to do is not move, which once again is the, like, the opposite of what you should be doing. It's crazy though when you take people, if you, you're going to put them on a barbell, which we don't do. Other than our the savages, we mm-hmm. don't teach that here just because I can give you a hundred reasons. Um, partially I don't want to watch it cause it's, it's a train wreck. Um, but they don't have the mobility. Yeah. They can't, the bar mm-hmm. path is terrible. And when you look at somebody, a lot of people, we have them do a lot of dead hangs, just mm-hmm. hang. Yeah. A, cause their lats never fucking stretch. It's a great exercise. It's ins- you, you mean people can't hang for a minute? Yeah. 99% of people. I know. It's, imp- it's insane to watch. And grip strength is directly related to more, more, um, tality too. Is it really? Yes. What if your hands like look as disgusting as this? Then maybe they're they're getting strong. Yeah. Um, it's weird to see, but it's it's funny you say that just because the fact of the average person a, well I think they the stat is the average male can do one pull up, mm-hmm. and so then females are Sad. substantially less, which is crazy mm-hmm. to see that people can't just go through four range of motion. It's weird that I think we are the only mammals too that don't stretch before like movement, like when you wake up yeah. in the morning. Like when you watch your dog, every other mammal other than us like does like some kind of movement prep, but we fucking don't. Yeah. Is that not stupid? Do you don't do you don't do one of these? I do. Yeah. (laughs) Or like even if you take like your uh, like your bathroom sink and you grab it and you just pull. Yeah. Like let the T spine open, like let the last stretch, like that's basic. But normal people don't do that. We don't do anything. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, I'll share all the your handles in the show notes. Cool. Um, for sure. These guys will find you if you guys are local. Um, I'll put it in. It'll be on the newsletter. Um, if you guys are not subscribed, again, we put out three a week, every week minimum, and we have for the last 13 years, some weeks five. So if you guys want to be on it, hit us up. Monica will add you. Um, I'll put all Stacy's stuff in the show notes, and you guys can go from there. This is dope, dude. Okay, awesome. Um, we'll snap a photo and uh, get you guys out of here. So, okay. Everybody else, um, if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, drop it a five-star, leave a comment. I'd appreciate it always. Until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.